Thank you, beautiful Holy Spirit, that you are here right now. We bless you, Father. We bless you, Son. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to uh, preach the word now. Because you see, what we're coming into is a move of the Word and the Spirit, the Spirit and the Word. They have to go together. And, and everything is now going to start to change. Everything is going to change. You are going to change. Everything is going to change, hallelujah. But change isn't always pleasant, amen? amen. Pleasant change isn't always what we want to go through. So, here's my scripture today. And it's from Exodus 6, verse 1. <coughs> Exodus 6, verse 1. Now, when you're listening to this sermon today, I want you to be mindful of the presence of the Holy Spirit here. Okay, he is here. And you've got to be mindful of his presence because he might want to start doing things. So let's be, as we hear the words, let's also be aware of the presence of God in this place. Hallelujah. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will send them out. That's the Israelites. And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Six months ago, I gave a word on the shifting seasons and things have shifted a lot. We've got a new monarch. We've got another prime minister. Um, we're seeing things now economically not so good. You're seeing now, you know, can't even get certain types of fruit and veg in your shop now, you know. So we shouldn't be surprised by these things. But you see, these things are happening because they are the beginnings of the great shaking that must come upon this nation. And they are the beginnings of the removal of Egypt from the church and the removal of the church from Egypt. Because we are too rooted and comfortable and uh, nicely bedded into the things of Egypt. We are too cosy with the things of the world. And we've lost the the good old-fashioned ways of the Spirit. We've lost it along the way. And we've asked ourselves, where did I lose it? How did I lose it? But we have. And God has called time. And he's saying to Pharaoh, now you shall see what I will do. And he's saying to the church, you will see what I am now going to do to Pharaoh. You are going to see this land shaken. And God's going to shake it in three ways. He's going to shake it economically, politically, and religiously. Religiously being the church. Because the church is not exempt from the shakings of God, for judgment must start with the house of the Lord. And judgment must start with us. Now, when God judges his saints, he doesn't judge them to condemnation, but he does judge them to chastisement that they may change their ways, that they may come back to the Lord their God, as he has shown us with Israel in the past. Now, you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. 
For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. There's going to become a, such a violent shaking to this nation that this nation will say, get out, church. Get out. You are, what you are doing to this land, get out. Because the church is going to be separated from Egypt as, as it was when Israel was separated in the land of Goshen to Egypt. And you saw the plagues coming down upon Egypt, but in the land of Goshen, no plagues fell. But you see, God is calling us to go on an exodus. Many years ago, for years, God kept showing me this sign, Exodus, Exodus. I'd see it everywhere I'd go. I'd see it on cars. You know, you see those big hood carrier things they put on top of the roof racks where you put things in. It's got Exodus written on it. And I just knew God was saying, wake up, Exodus, Exodus, Exodus. And at the time I thought, is this just an Exodus for the local church? Is this for us at Fairham? You know, because in, and at that time we had to leave our church building, well, the school and move into a field. That felt like a bit of an Exodus at the time, if I'm honest with you. But no, God is saying this is an exodus for his church, the wide church body of Christ, because God is going to make his church leave Egypt. He's going to make his church leave Egypt. How do you think it felt for the Israelites who were, you know, all right, life wasn't that great as slaves, but at least we had our houses and at least we had the comfort of food every day. At least we knew where, you know, well, when we were going to get fed. At least there was some sense of security and familiarity in the land of Egypt. But this wilderness, who wants to go out there? How could ever God provide for us out there? We're in the middle of nowhere. And then came that fateful night where God did such terrible things to Egypt. Such terrible, terrible things. Because it says he smote their gods. He brought judgment on the gods of Egypt. And God is bringing judgment to the gods of this nation. The gods of the rainbow flag. The gods, the golden bull which stands out in the stock market. The golden calf of the economy of this land. And God, as he, as he took the firstborn from Pharaoh, Pharaoh who was God over the land of, of, uh, of Egypt, so God is going to strike our political systems as well. And this should not be, I mean, I, I would imagine if I, was, if I was in Egypt and I was Israel and I had that blood over my door and I could hear the shrieks and the wails of people whose children had died and seen that the animals had died and the firstborn of everybody except those that put the blood over them had died, I don't think I would be sat there rejoicing. I would be in great fear and trembling as the destroying angel passed over. And so this season that we're coming into is not an easy time for the church. It's going to be a very difficult season for us. But listen, listen, saints, listen. When Israel left Egypt, God gave them a new identity that they never had before. He gave them the Torah. He gave them a nation. He gave them a land. He gave them a place. He gave them an identity that they didn't have before they went into the wilderness. The identity they had before they went into the wilderness was people of God, but slaves. 
And that is the identity of the church today. She is addicted to pornography. She is addicted to gambling. She is addicted to the systems of this world. She's addicted to comfort. She's addicted to entertainment. Christians would rather stay at home and put on the TV than go and join in like a a revival meeting or something. We've got too complacent and too comfortable. And God is sending us out and he's going to give us a new identity. The church is going to look very different very soon as we now start moving out and as we start going on our exodus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been hanging and praying for. Oh, it's not what I've been praying for. I'm some of you are thinking, no, this is what you've prayed for and this is what you're going to get. Because this is what the church needs. Because why? Why does God require such a shaking, such a divorce from Pharaoh? Because I personally believe that this revival that's coming now, oh, it's already started, but this revival that's now started is going to be the last revival on planet Earth before the end of days, when the rise of the Antichrist I've had dreams and visions. Now, you can take this or leave it. I've had dreams and visions about the rise of the Antichrist 25 years ago. In those dreams, God showed me technology that didn't exist then, but exists now. We are fast approaching the end of days and the church is so apathetic and so asleep at the wheel. It beggars belief. I remember once I had this dream and the Holy Spirit showed me this this beach of England and Leviathan was flashing up and down really like lightning fast up and down the channel. He was desperate to get onto our land, but something was stopping him from coming onto this country. And he tried and he tried and tried. And the words, the Bible was open at the book of Revelation and the words Lisbon Treaty were hovering in 3D, round and spinning round and round. And then the Holy Spirit shot across the sky and said, you are so close to the end of days, you need to wake up. And with that, I woke up. And with that, spiritually, I began to wake up as well to the seasons and the times that we're in. If you turn with me to 1 Corinthians 10. And we're looking at uh, verses 6 to 11. Now, has anyone read the book of Exodus and the book of Numbers? Okay, there's some pretty scary stories in the book of Numbers, right? Isn't there? The sons of Korah, you remember that one? Whew. Listen to this. Now, these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did when they were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now this is really important, saints. Listen to this verse very carefully. Now these things happened for them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. That's you. This, you are fast approaching the end of the age. The end of the ages has come, and these things were written in the book of Exodus to warn the modern day church 
that as things happened in the Exodus, if you be careful, we need to be careful that it can happen again. What am I talking about? God will no longer tolerate Jezebel and Absalom in his church. He has allowed her to do her damage. And and I'll just say this as well, that um, the Jezebel spirit works through men and women. And he's allowed her to work in his church to do the damage that she's done. He's permitted it. And that Absalom spirit, Absalom was the guy that basically curried favour of Israel away from King David. He would stood at the gate and say, hey, what has my father said to you? you know, well, if I was king, I would do it this way. And so he curried the favour. How many churches have we seen split because of Jezebel and Absalom? And God has declared, that's it. You are done, O Jezebel. You are done, O Absalom. I will not tolerate your filth. I will not tolerate your spirit of control, which is the spirit of witchcraft, in my people anymore. For I am God and my people are a holy people and I will tolerate it no more. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The Jezebel spirit is going to be kicked out of this church and God will not tolerate And there's a message here for both the congregation and for the leaders. God will not tolerate grumbling against those in authority. Because the things in the book of Numbers were written down for an example for those who live in the end of days. Because we're moving into a revival that is so pure and so holy that God will not allow man to touch the Ark of the Covenant and profane that which is holy with his filthy, dirty hands. Because this is the Spirit's revival and it's got nothing to do with names. It's got nothing to do with celebrities. It's got nothing to do with people vying for power, vying for control, vying for a name for themselves. This is a move of God and none shall gainsay it. No one. Oh, but Chris, this doesn't sound very New Testament. Let me remind you of a couple, Ananias and Sapphira. The fear of God fell in that church. The fear of God. People, it, uh, the inferences in, in Acts, where it says, you know, many, got many people came to their numbers around daily, but also there was a great fear upon the people of what went on in that church. The fear of God is coming back to his church. Now, this all may sound very scary. And in one sense, it is. Because we've lost the fear of the Lord. We've lost the reverential fear of God. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. And we've lost it. We have lost it. And how have we lost it? Because we're happy to criticise. We're happy to judge. We're happy to condemn. We're happy to say this and happy to say that. And we're not taking things seriously. We're not taking what's going on in our nation seriously. We're not on bended knee. We're not praying with heartfelt intercession for the sake of our nation. Because, well, what's on telly tonight? We don't have the heart of the Spirit. We don't have the heartbeat of God for this nation. We just don't care. And God's going to do wonderful things. When Israel came out of Egypt, and were indeed pushed out of Egypt, hallelujah, glory be to God, because that's what's happening to us. We're going to be pushed out of Egypt. But then, of course, God then needed to deal with Egypt in the hearts of his people. Oh, if only we could go back. If only we could go back to Egypt. Man, at least we had a decent meal every day. And being stuck out here in the wilderness and all we get to eat is this manna. 
I've had manna souffle, manna waffles, banana bread. I've had, I mean, I've had it all. And I'm so tired of manna. And that Moses guy, I mean, all he does is he just sits around writing the Bible all day long. Come on, what's going on around here? It's sometimes it's not fun being in the wilderness. But being in the wilderness, they got to see signs and wonders that no one else had ever seen. And you and I are going to behold signs and wonders that no one has ever seen before. Now, this is the thing that's going to upset some of you. God is not going to do miracles according to your denominational bias. So Asbury is a nice, conservative, reformed revival. Nice. But then God's going to move in the Pentecostal denominations. And he's going to give them nice, to start with, Pentecostal type revival. But then the miracles and the signs and wonders are going to come. And God is going to do miracles that's not based on your denominational bias. He's going to do miracles that are seen in the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church. You're going to see miracles done in the Protestant Church and the Catholic Church because God is going to bring down that dividing wall, that barrier that's held us apart from each other for so long. Now, I know people are thinking, yeah, but this and yeah, but that and yeah, but this. This is going to be a move of God's spirit. This defies theology. This defies man's understanding. This is a move of the sovereign move of God. And he will have his way and he will do extraordinary and wonderful things in these days. But God is calling his church back to holiness. There are two winds that are blowing through this land. And if you want to be in a part of the wind of power, you must turn into the wind of holiness. You must allow the purging of God's spirit to purge our hearts, to deal with the dross inside of us. Some people say, I don't have Egypt in me, I'm, I'm fine. Uh-uh. Just because you can't see your own folly doesn't mean you're not a fool. My spirit, says the Lord, is going to purify my people. And that's going to be uncomfortable for many. Because I'm going to deal with the things that most Christians haven't wanted to deal with. That they can pretend isn't really there. That they can, they can just brush under the carpet. And they've managed to do so in charismatic churches for the last 20, 30 years. But God is saying, calling time, I'm calling time, I'm calling time on this. We are going to do business. You and I. I'm going to set you free. I'm going to set you free from your addictions, from your fears, from your phobias. I am going to set you free so that in your freedom you can truly give out what I have given to you. You are a freedom people. You are a freedom generation. You are going to be freed from the bondages of Pharaoh. And I don't want my people in the wilderness to have a slave mentality where it's like, I want to go back to Egypt. I want to go back to Egypt. You are not permitted and you are never going back there. You are going forward and you are going to follow the cloud of my glory. You are going to follow the cloud of my glory and I am going to reset you and make you born again as a church and re-give re you a new fresh identity for these last days. Everything is now changing. Everything is changing. I'm going to do signs and wonders to this world that will be picked up in your local press. Watch for it. Watch for it. Signs in the heavens and signs on the earth. Blood, 
red skies, blood, red rivers. Watch for the signs that I will bring about in this nation. And some Christians will poo-poo these signs and oh, that's just this and oh, it's just that. No, it's not, church. Wake up. You are fast approaching the end of days and it is time. And some of you are thinking, is it? Is it really? Is it really? You've become so desensitized so warm like a frog in water that you don't even know how close you are to perishing. You don't understand just how bad things have got in this nation. You might be comfortable in your little home, but mark my words, I'm tired of people building their own little palaces and their cedar panelled walls while my house lies derelict. And I will make my house great in these days. And the glory of this house will be greater than the former. The glory of this house will be greater than any revival that's been before. The glory of this house will shine to the end of the age. And it is this church that the Antichrist will want to fight against. Because what it is at this moment in time is not worth fighting against. I am going to make my church strong. I'm going to make her glorious. I'm going to make her valiant. I'm not coming back for a weak or impoverished church. I'm coming back for a glorious church that's washed her robes in the blood of the Lamb and made herself clean and made herself ready. And she will be glorious to behold, but she will be a fearful thing to behold. Like a beautiful bride, small, petite, pretty, with a machine gun. You don't want to mess with my bride. She is the apple of my eye. You touch her, you deal with me, says the Lord. This is why in the end of age I pour out such wrath upon the nations as they begin to persecute my people. They will not get away with it. It says in the scriptures, you are a temple of the Holy Ghost and whoever destroys this temple will themselves be destroyed. <coughs> Psalm 95 verses 10 to 11. 40 years I loathed that generation and said they are a people who go astray in the heart and they've not known my ways. Therefore I swore my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Who wants to enter God's rest? But you know, if you want to enter into God's rest, if you want to enter into that promised land, you've got to go through the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of transition. It's a place where you kiss goodbye to the slave mentality and you say hello to the freedom mentality. It means you're going to have to subject yourself, as in the Israelites in those days had to subject themselves to the law of God. So we too need to subject ourselves to the Torah of the Spirit. For we are in a new covenant. Not like the one I made with your forefathers, not like the one. But this time I'll write my law and I'll write it upon their hearts and I'll write it upon their minds. This is not a law that's written on cold stone tablets, but on living hearts of flesh by my spirit. Hallelujah. This is what we've been waiting for, brothers and sisters. The time is now. It's not in years to come. It's not at soon. It's not at hand. The time is now. And God wants to bless you and encourage us and console us 
But he wants to make it very clear to us. This ain't going to be easy. And you ain't going to like it. But it will be the best thing for you. And as the Israelites coming from Egypt into the promised land, and those people died, but they passed on an inheritance, and another generation rose up, and that generation became strong in the land because of what their forefathers had done. And we are fast approaching the end of days, and what we do in this generation will be so pivotal and so important for the next and last generation of the church on this earth. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, Lord God, we praise you, Lord. We worship you. Holy Spirit, move among your people, Lord. Move among your people. Have your way with us, Lord. Have your will with us, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that the old has gone and the new is here. I thank you, Lord, it's now time for fresh wineskins. And we need to be flexible for what's coming, that we don't bang and burst. God, make us flexible by your spirit. Heal us. Take out Egypt from our hearts, God. Take us away from a slave mentality and make us into a freedom generation. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.